0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, August 4th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or... The biggest one, Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer for. Or you might be, maybe you're a pop culture kid for some reason, or or a grown person. I'm not judging. Don't matter what your age is, obviously. Uh, You could check out my work on those topics. I please like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse Play, Disgusting, Film Crit, and more. And hopefully many more to come, guys. But most importantly, of this here Lockdown Padres podcast, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. If you feel so inclined, only, 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 if you feel so inclined, you can hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you may have, and I'll do my very best to get them answered here on the show or just interact with you on the old Bird app because I love doing that. It's, It's a lot of fun. I've been doing it more and more lately, especially from the Lockdown Padres account. Today's episode, guys, is brought to you by Locked on MLB. It is a great podcast. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. But please, please, guys, call him Sully every day on Locked on MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, featuring exciting guests, interviews, and routine check-ins from the Locked on MLB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Locked on MLB today on the iC app or wherever you get your podcasts. Sully kills it over there. Check it out. And for today's podcast, guys, we are recapping yesterday's very disappointing kind of it, it, it didn't sting sting as much as, you know, some other games this season. But it's at least like I wouldn't begrudge you for saying uh, it's one of the, the losses that stings a little bit, uh, comparatively speaking, for the Padres this season against the A's going to be recapping that and then continuing and wrapping up my chat with Ben Kaspic of Lockdown Giants. So another chunky boy sort of podcast for you guys today and since we have all that exciting stuff with Ben let's get right into my game recap don't worry only have to hang out with me for a little bit longer and by the way my apologies for my audio not picking up for my crossover with Ben I don't know what happened when we were on the zoom but it just didn't pick up my mic I don't I don't know why it's a it's frustrating and I hated listening back to it uh because and, and granted I don't usually make mistakes like this but even still I don't know what happened so I'm sorry about that but anyway, guys. Let's break down yesterday's game. The Padres lost yesterday's game by a, fi- a score of 5-4. to four, And it was an in extra innings, no less. And there's a whole bunch to talk about. And since I don't have too much time, like I said, I want to get the chat with Ben going. Uh, I'm going to go as quickly kind of as possible because this is one of those games the Padres would really like to forget. The A's are going to remember it for a while, but definitely not us. Uh, in this game, Joe Musgrove gets the start. And he was sensational. In my opinion, yeah, he didn't rack up crazy amount of strikeouts, and he did walk three batters. One of them, by the way, wasn't a walk. He got a strike three guy. It was very similar to, actually, Jake Marisnyk, uh, from Game 1, who wasn't called out on strikes. It was basically the same sort of pitch that uh, the Pot- it did not go the Pirates this time. But anyway, he goes six innings in this game, only allowing one run on only two hits. Only two hits is whip. Has been impressive this year. This is a guy that when he does get hit, it's for a couple like big bomb home runs and nothing really else. Because sometimes, like I've said over and over again, the thing with the curveball is it can't hang up in there a little bit too much in the zone. And every now and then with Joe Musgrove, it does. He's been basically the most reliable pitcher for the team this year. After having a little bit of a rough patch uh, towards the middle of July and a, basically kind of all of July and a little bit of late June, uh, Musgrove has had. I mentioned my locked on now video, which you guys can check out on locked on Padres, the Twitter account. I said that it was his second straight quality start. It's actually his third straight quality start. All right, and I don't mean. Only in the technical term, either. It's his third straight, like, pretty decent start. Against Miami, he only gave up two runs. Against Colorado, he didn't give up any runs and struck out 11. And against Oakland, a very good team, he only gave up one run. So, shout out to Joe Musgrove being very, very good. We talked a little bit yesterday about how, you know, Yu Darvish has been, uh, or maybe not yesterday, but the, the day before, we were talking about how messy Yu Darvish has been uh, for the last month, basically. Uh, how, how just really it. horrible he's been. I hadn't realized actually how horrible he'd been because of maybe just looking at just the strikeout numbers and and a couple of good innings that he's had, he really hasn't been very good for a while. And Musgrove has thankfully picked it up for them. Uh, and for the other side of things, uh, Frankie Montas, the good Frankie Montas, actually showed up. I actually did think that he looked good. I didn't think this was a Padres hitting thing. He gives up eight hits, but he doesn't walk one, and he does strike out eight on eighty-six pitches. I actually thought he was pretty good. That's the thing with Oakland's rotation; they have a lot of B to B plus, maybe even B minus guys. They don't have too many dudes that are just total disasters. You know what I'm saying? They gave up Jesus. Lizardo, but he's still very young, and he hadn't, you know, done well for them, but even still, like, he's still very young. So I'm just saying, like, they've had a lot, certainly, the uh, the, the Oakland when it comes to that rotation. I would kill for any one of these guys. Frankie Montez, uh, any of these guys to be in the Padres rotation right about now. But, um, you know, the big hits in this game coming off the bat of Adam Frazier to start, who's had a slow-ish start uh, to his tenure with the Padres so far, but granted, he's been a little bit in and out of the lineup. It's a little bit I don't, like, disagree. I know it's a lefty-lefty thing that they don't like doing, but in yesterday's game, I'm like, I mean, this is a big all-star starting second baseman. Like, he was, he leads the league, the NL in hits. Like, it's a little bit odd. At least I, personally, would just throw him in there. But then again, I'm not minding too much with Tingler, uh, tinkering with the lineup and all that stuff. Uh, Adam Frazier drives in a single in the top of the third. Trent Grisham hits a double. That's nearly a home run Grisham, who I'd mentioned, uh, yesterday, along with Tommy Pham as being a player that struggled mightily since July 1st, having a WRC plus of like 50, which is just atrocious ever since then, uh, had like his big kind of breakout of the slump game. I guess you could call it going two for four in the game with two doubles, uh, driving in, uh, one RBI on the night, but even still, it was very nice. Um, and then they also get some hits from Victor Caratini, who you know, hasn't really done much for a while now, to be honest with you. But even still, it was nice to see for the second straight night the catching position uh, doing well, with Austin Nola getting a bunch of hits the night before, and then now Victor Caratini. Um, so, like I said, platoon of those two guys, I love it. I love it for the catching position. By themselves, they aren't elite catchers, but with both of them, they're great. Tommy Pham ends up reaching on Matt Chapman's fielding error, allowing Hassan Kim to score in the top of the 10th inning. Why did I just skip past the most important thing? Mark Melanson blows a save for the Padres. And look, there's there's some whispers about how how would you feel about Mark Melanson if it was a, a World Series type game? You know, game seven, I saw some blue check marks saying. Against the Dodgers, World Series to close it out. And my thing is like, alright, but like in fairness, how many closers like ever? Do you feel that confident with that? You know you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's closers. Like, it's it's weird. Relief pitchers can be weird. They could have that blow up. You're never comfortable with nearly anybody, with the exception of Trevor Time and Mariana Rivera, for the most part. And maybe, like, I, I know the Craig Kimbrell and Liam Hendricks for now, but just in general, that's a, that's a little bit uh, hyperbole, in my opinion. But he does give up the big hits to Matt Chapman in field single and a Jan Gomes single, you know, It it happens. It happens. And even though the Padres are able to score in small ball fashion in the top of the 10th, uh, Matt Olson hits a huge, huge double to deep right. One that Will Myers might have been able to catch, if we're being honest with you. But with the Sun, it would have been a tricky catch to make. I like that Myers' defensive stats haven't been as porous as they usually are. So I do give him some applause for that. But I would have liked the catch there, man. I would have liked the catch. It just stinks because I was praising him for the good throw that he made in uh, Game 1 of this series. Um, But yeah, I I didn't necessarily like the guys that... I I thought that they should have actually taken out Melanson a little bit sooner. I think that every now and then there are warning signs with Melanson. There had been warning signs with him all season where he's giving up the big hits and whatnot. Not even giving up the big hits. He's one of those guys that would bend but not break, I guess, which is a saying I've used throughout the whole season. And that kind of is uh, the case with him. He would walk a couple guys but then generate the double plays. I still think that that you could chalk up some of that early season success to some Babbitt block maybe perhaps. I still think he's a great pitcher. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I did think that Tengler should have considered bringing him Tim Hill or, you know, anybody. Hey, was Austin Adams available? I don't know. I just think that, like, there were the warning signs were there that the A's were kind of sitting on a lot of his off-speed stuff, and that's very concerning because that's really what Mark Melanson relies on. His fastball is not really all that, well, fast so it was very unfortunate but I don't want to do the the manager bashing bottom line is this was a very tragic loss for the Padres it stunk you about to go in there win two games against the A's a very good team that would have been great to start before we head on this next kind of uh, journey against a bunch of subpar teams upcoming from Colorado to Arizona to Miami to Colorado again to Arizona like all these really subpar teams like I said and they're going to need to win a lot of those games and I'm not just saying that as the guy who overreacts and you got to keep winning Games, but more because you know they have the second hardest schedule, as I mentioned on Tuesday's episode or Monday's episode—I forgot which one. Uh, aside from this little you know next couple weeks schedule, there's the rest of the season schedule is the second hardest in the NL, so it's not a guarantee. Padres make the wild card spot—that's for sure. Just a really unfortunate loss, guys. What can I say? Uh, but with that all being said, guys, let's now just talk for a quick second, for a quick second, about Freshly. All right? Stressed, tired, don't feel like cooking food that's fast and doesn't have to be fast food. Freshly offers quality meals without the hard work of prepping, cooking, and cooking cleaning ordering is easy visit freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious satisfying better for you meals like steak peppercorn sausage baked penne or their chicken pesto bowl come on that sounds amazing right freshly can fit your lifestyle with a variety of plans and meals to pick from that work for your dietary needs preferences tastes and family size it's really really great our listeners can try Freshly for just six sixteen per meal. Stop searching the internet for healthy food near me every night and start living life Freshly. And right now, especially for Locked On listeners, Freshly is offering you guys $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash Locked On. Stop stretching about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash Locked On for $40 off your first two orders. Bang, 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 guys. And now, room Vroom room let's transition to the car stuff, ladies and gentlemen. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and miles, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stack all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your od- odyssey, is it an LX or is it an EX? You know, I don't even know what that means. I'm not a big car guy. Don't worry, though. You have rockauto.com in your pocket or laptop or whatever the heck you use. Whatever has internet. There you go. That's how it works. Uh, save time and money when using Rock Auto, guys. Why choose to spend up to 30 50 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? doesn't make any sense. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, and they have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, to motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore the easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their "How'd you hear about us?" box, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And now, guys,
0: let's talk to Benny. So, what would be your reaction to the season if the Padres lose the wild card game? For example, how disappointing would that be? Of a season because people like, I guess the wild card was always a distinct possibility because the Padres had this great offseason. They won the offseason again, as they have done a few times in their history. I don't know. I'm I, part of me just wants to talk about too, though, that I don't think the playoff format is fair because mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't have the standings. Okay, here they are. So the Padres winning percentage is 565 they would be easily in first place in the NL East and they would be just a uh, three and a half games back in the NL central, but, mm-hmm. but seven games back in the NL West. And given that these three teams figure to be good moving forward, the giants, it's a little bit uncertain because they have so many free agents in the offseason. But I mean, do you think it's fair if the Padres end up winning 95 games and the Mets win the division with 85, that you only get a one game playoff, given you've played 162 games and grinded it out and you just happen to be in mm-hmm. such a good division. I
1: think that it's it's so easy for me to say that it's unfair, right? It's so easy for me to get here and be like, this is dumb. The Mets are garbage. Why are they going to get in there with only 85 wins and all this stuff? And this, this issue has brought up uh, been brought up in other sports too, like in the NBA and how there shouldn't be conferences. We should just do away with that. Just top 16 teams, the end. And in football, where famously the Seattle Seahawks one year made the playoffs with a 7-9 record that the Washington football team this last year, who didn't even, they had some quarterback that was named after, I forgot what his name even was. And then he was, that was just the one, the team that made the the playoffs. But my feeling on that is in general, is that it just doesn't happen often enough for me to think that it's this giant issue it's not like every year you know sometimes you get divisions like this right sometimes you get divisions that are in the case of the Mets so bad that just being slightly above average gets you into the playoffs or in the case of the NL West which I argue is even more rare which is that you could argue three of the five best teams in baseball are in it so I'm not for necessarily changing that I'm just for changing all the other things I'm for making it that we have to make it fix the way some teams spend all the money in the world and then others, you know, maybe buy a, you know, a package of chips and then that's it. You know what I mean? Like maybe you have to fix it that way. I don't know if that would totally ameliorate all the concerns, but I'm not going to go that way. Cause then it sounds like it's just kind of sour grapes on my part. It's just one of those years, man. It's one of those years. And it's also not like the Padres were built all in for now. I know people keep saying that. I don't know why people are saying that. Tatis is still super young. Grisham, Jay Cronenworth, ranked by Fangraphs, as a top 20 asset in baseball right now. They still got Machado. They have Mike Clevenger coming back next year. Yeah, Hugh Darvish is going to get a little bit older, but you're hopeful that Blake Snell gets better, and you've got McKenzie going all these prospects. So I don't actually buy into the whole, like, they had to win it this year. That's my whole thing they are built to last and be competitive for a while. And I think it's actually pretty exciting for baseball that we have all these teams in the same division battling it out.
0: Yeah. They're definitely not like a one-year situation. You're absolutely right. But the Dodgers find a way to be really good year after year, even though they're kind of, it's not often that a team can sustain the type of success that the Dodgers have. So you and I know being in this division, that they're going to, they're good for the foreseeable future as well. Mm -hmm. And then the Giants are really the wild card. And something that this is reminding me of is just that you can't predict this game because everybody knew (laughs) that the Dodgers and Padres were going to be one and two in some order Mm -hmm. at the top of the West. And everybody knew that the Giants were going to finish in third. Mm -hmm. And so far, that has not been the case. And, you know, you can look around the game and there's all kinds of examples of this. I mean, the Twins, the Yankees. (laughs) the uh uh seattle mariners are 7 games over 500 people kind of like the royals offseason i never did and they're it was, almost it was cute, 20 but games it was over... never like
1: you know what i mean yeah, i mean
0: mike miner and and uh Benintende. carlos santana and yeah Benintende. I like
1: I like and carlos santana but it was very much like but are they really guys. difference yeah. makers
0: like are they going to propel that team past yeah. I mean, I would have said past the twins and the white, well, the white Sox clearly, clearly the favorites, but the twins Mm -hmm. almost 20 games under 500. So I don't know. You just can't predict this game. And I think I wish people would kind of learn that lesson, you know, (laughs) instead of saying like before the season starts, this team has no chance. Why are they, why did they make this signing? That's really Mm -hmm. dumb. They're going to finish in fourth, but Baseball? Whenever it comes
1: to fringe teams man that's my that's my take when it comes to a team like a san francisco when it comes to a team like a you know a saint louis a cincinnati milwaukee like those teams i'm okay if you're like the pirates won't win you know <laughs> like it's okay if you're like the pirates aren't gonna go unless something literally we've never seen before happens but you're right man like we got to stop doing that I've always like some people gave me flack because I was like "Uh, I'll pick the Nationals to finish second in the NL East and it's like all right like okay congratulations on saying that you thought the White Sox would win the division like that's not really a take that interests me that much you know what I mean not to sound like a snob but it's like it's so easy to go out here and be like Yankees win division Dodgers win the division the Mets win the division, uh, and I also got the Cardinals. It's yeah. like okay, people like,
0: thought Cardinals for sure yeah, were going to win yeah. the division. I, I the projections didn't, which is a, a credit yeah. to the projections. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. didn't like Arenado like moving the needle that much, but yeah, yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah, I that. didn't see
1: Cincinnati. Cincinnati is the one that I, that I missed on. I just, I feel like it's rare that a team goes from being incredibly pitching wise to the exact opposite and just offensively amazing. And they're, they're the team that the fighters are going to be competing against. I talked about on yesterday's show, but yeah, I mean, you're right. And we've talked about this so many times. We've talked about so many like discourses that happen in sports that are just kind of annoying where everyone assumes they know everything famously. They hated Madison Bumgarner pick. And my thing is like, look, man, it's hard to project these things. And sometimes you got to embrace the chaos. Right. Um, The last thing I wanted to talk about, speaking of the chaos, is just what other moves, I guess we'll talk about this really quickly, what were the other moves that made your jaw drop, uh, aside from the Dodgers and aside from the, the Giants getting Chris Bryant 30 minutes before the deadline, what were kind of the other moves that you thought were surprising, disappointing, or whatever from around the league, because a lot of people are saying, and I agree, that this is probably the best trade deadline we've had in at least, at least, In a long time, and in my opinion, the best since at least 2015, which I looked up the other day. That was like the Cespedes, David Price, Troy year.
0: No, I agree. It was probably the best trade deadline I can remember. And a big part of that was teams' willingness to part with top prospects. That's not something that we've seen Mm -hmm. basically ever, or at least in this era where top prospects have been hoarded like never before. To see Jesus Lazardo move for a rental... Was mm-hmm. eye-opening to mm-hmm. see the Blue Jays part with what Austin Martin and um uh was. I'm forgetting is, it, too, but... is it Simeon Woods Richardson or is that the guy the I... Mets gave up? Uh, uh, no, that's somebody the guy with the Mets Peter Pete Crow Armstrong. Well, I, think I don't know Armstrong. which one. I think it was Armstrong. It was Armstrong. But anyway, mm-hmm. there are two top prospects, including a guy they drafted like fifth overall or sixth overall just just a couple years ago or last year and was projected to possibly go number one. And they trade him for Jose Barrios. And I like Jose Barrios. And I, I, I appreciate that type of move because mm. like we have talked about, these prospects are no sure yeah. thing. And you know what you're getting in Jose Barrios. I was most surprised probably by the, the Marte trade, but it tells me the A's are a little lower on Lizardo than maybe some in the industry. He has struggled after being really good like in his first go around in the major leagues. He then has struggled and then struggled in the minors. But to see him go for a rental was pretty surprising. I like the Yankees moves. I think that um, Gallo and Rizzo just is, are pretty darn good players to just kind of throw into your lineup, um, you know, and, and, and create some some balance with left-handed hitters in there. So it was exciting to see all the big names on the move. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to
1: bet on all of your sports action. With baseball season in full swing, you're gonna to want to track all the action at Bet Online. And you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, not just baseball, but the NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. They've got you covered, guys. Before the next pitch, head over to Bed Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 welcome bonus on your first deposit remember to use that promo code locked on bet online your online sportsbook experts
0: um i think that the giants did well to get mm-hmm. a player of chris bryant's caliber without giving up any of their top prospects agreed but is there anything that stood out to you that i that i missed there or did you were you impressed by all the, the the big prospects that moved also
1: yeah I think for me I remember when there was and I I imagined this I think was I think probably I'm not saying it was a wrong or a bad decision or wrong or right decision with the Jose Barrios thing I love Barrios I would have been excited because he's Puerto Rican I mentioned this many times but like they at, at least we saw because we see this sometimes right like we mentioned this with the Dodgers where I don't think given that you got Scherzer and Trey Turner that you gave up too much stuff. It didn't feel like that to me, but at least I looked at the blue days. I was like, okay, I understand that there's a possibility AJ Preller that they asked him for Mackenzie Gore and CJ Abrams. And he was like, I really like these guys. I want to keep them and have some flexibility because nothing that doesn't get talked about with moving prospects in the powder situation is you like having the flexibility because their team is literally set up. Like it's going to stay mostly what it is for now which is both a good and a bad thing. It means you might not be able to, you know, move around as much looking at you, Eric Cosmer. But like, that was definitely like a, ah, I was like, ah, but also, okay. I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, okay, I do understand if that was the asking price. I was a little bit surprised that Josh Donaldson, of the twins didn't go anywhere. I was like, what he's older and it's like a cheapish contract. It's not like he's signed for a bajillion years. I was surprised that a team didn't go for him. I know he acted a little bit like a punk earlier in the year with all the stuff he was saying and trashing opposing, opposing pitchers uh, for some reason, very, very weird, like strings <laughs> of things from Josh Donaldson. Um, And I, but definitely I think that the Yankees for me are a good example of how you just, you don't know actually what it's going to cost to get guys. Everybody was saying that the Yankees didn't have anything to deal with and their farm system just shot up in rankings. And all of a sudden they have Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo on their team. So like that, that's my thing. You never really know what it's going to cost for guys. Just like I have some breaking news Farhan Zaidi and AJ Preller. They don't just type in baseball America. And then that's, that's how they determine which guys they should give up. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's easy for us to do that. Right. Like, it's easy for us to just sit on here and read a couple articles from The Athletic by prospect writers and decide this is the guy you shouldn't give up. But maybe they know things we don't. They do have the job. Granted, it's not like everything in sports. You know, we've learned a lot of it does have to do with nepotism, certainly sometimes. But to a degree, you, you know, some of these guys do know what they're doing. Um, so that was my biggest takeaway. I think is that you saw so many teams that we didn't necessarily think would definitely buy, buy. Uh, I love what the blue Jays did with Barrios. They do have him for another year. And I think that rotation could, could improve a lot. So I thought it was just a fun deadline, man. I I really did. And the Chris Bryant thing though, I just, I cannot get over that happening. They didn't say a word. It was like, they found just the hidden plug. They were waiting to find deep throat in the parking lot. Like it's all the president's meant to give them the information they needed. Like it was, it was really fun to watch. And I think that even though the Padres, I wish that they did better. There's still so much to to be seen. And who knows? The the Padres could win the World Series. Like that's not inconceivable that that happens. It's not inconceivable for any team in the NL West. Some people making fun of me that I think that. The Mets could still win it. Why not? They have a great rotation. They have a Puerto Rican too and Javi Baez. That was another thing. We even mentioned Javi Baez, who also got traded. We didn't mention that Rizzo, Baez, and Bryant all homered in their first games with their respective clubs. So it's just been, you know, it gets tossed around a lot, but how can you not be romantic about baseball, you know?
0: Yeah, and another one, too, that I just have to mention is Craig Kimbrell, who moved for mm-hmm. Nick Madrigal. <laughs> See, so a many reliever, things have, we forgot, yeah. Nick Madrigal being traded is a big mm-hmm. deal. I mean, that is not, he's a, you know, projects to be an everyday position player with, like, six years of club control. Those are, like, yeah. the, those used to be the most, and I would argue still are the most valuable assets that teams kind of have, and and they were willing to give him up for a high-priced reliever it makes them really good and dangerous in October to have Craig Kimbrell and Liam Hendricks. That's almost unheard of in the game to have two relievers of that caliber on one team. But I just thought it was fascinating. And then we talk about all this fun activity and then look at the Rockies. I just have to say the Rockies doing nothing and Trevor story being basically bummed Trevor story is like, I don't know. He took himself out of the lineup because he was so upset he wasn't traded did and he really i didn't yeah. notice that and he, he said, said he was confused out of the yeah he, he oh i did said, see I that quote play. i didn't know he took himself out of the lineup though yeah. that's amazing he's yeah, like they... so shook he still has to play for the rockies oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and john god. gray and herman marquez i mean they love package.
1: compensation picks man <laughs> it
0: just yeah they're like earlier in the day on trade deadline day they're like we're not trading john gray it came out, you know. Source Rockies are telling teams they are not trading John Gray. It's like, why would you do that? Yeah, I know, why right? would you shut yourselves off like that? What a joke! And <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, not they're, like John they're Gray, in trouble. You know,
1: like,
0: he wants like to be that. there and he's good, but the, what is the long term plan? I mean, yeah, they are in trouble being in this division and being in the situation they're in. The D-backs are the ones with the worst worst record right now but I would I would say the Rockies are in more long-term trouble. So them doing nothing I agree biggest losers. How about the Cardinals? Yeah. I, I threw them out there as biggest losers. John Lester and uh mm-hmm. Jay Happ I I'm disagree
1: just... with you on this one. I think they knew they weren't buying so I can't view them as a loser. I know that those are weird random Why? pickups like well who was the what was the Pablo Santos? no that was the Atlanta that was Atlanta. It was Atlanta very much and- like I didn't so, get the moves either, but at the same time, I thought that they shouldn't do anything anyway. I think that they rightfully kind of conceded. So my counter to the moves being weird is that I don't think they should have bought anyway. So like whatever they did, as long as it wasn't buying, I think would have been fine. The team that everyone, everyone said, no doubt Cardinals, were are the favorites to win the division? Right. Uh, but it was very weird. The John Lester thing was like, he's still in the league. <laughs> like, it's actually like, you forget it. That was I mean,
0: it t- It's like, okay, if, if you don't think they should be buying though, then shouldn't they be maybe giving those spots to young players? Like, what's the point of John Lester and Jay Hap? Is it just to float around 500 and be mediocre the rest of the season? They're one of those teams that's kind of stuck in the middle. Right now, they're not really contending seriously, and they're also not selling. So that's a mm-hmm. bad place to be, in my opinion. I guess what they're trying to do is just give this team a chance to yeah. get hot. And to have like major league pitchers, but I I don't know. I I hear you, excuse me. I hear you on that, but it's disappointing. I would be really disappointed if I was a Cardinals fan.
1: Yeah. I think they've they've become resigned. I think they figured out at one point they were like, this team is just at best, maybe like 83 wins or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think they've, they, I think that's what it is. That's, that's my opinion. Who knows? Maybe they, they catch heat. And then everyone's like, wow, you should have, you should have bought at the deadline. We'll have to see, I guess, but um, dude, it's been so much fun talking. Uh, We definitely got a lot of content out of this. And as always, man, I hope that aside from playing the Dodgers, I hope that the giants lose uh, every game.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no. Well, tonight they're facing Madison Bumgarner, so that'll be fun. Oh wait, never mind. So
1: beat beat Madison Bumgarner. You know I'm not a fan okay. of this. So yeah, you can beat you can beat the, the Diamondbacks or whatnot. <laughs> so Chris Bryant against Madison
0: Bumgarner. I'm looking forward to it. The Padres and Giants play each other a ton in September. In September Giants are man. basically done with the Dodgers. They only play them one more time and it's at home. But Padres and Giants play awesome each other too, 10, 10 yeah. times in September and October. They have the a series underrated. To end the year.
1: Underrated is the I mean, people know it just based off the record, but the Dodgers Giants series, it didn't have like the the hatred moments like Tatis versus Bauer, like you know, uh, Kershaw yelling at Jerks and Profar, but it definitely in just terms of game quality. I don't know you you had the crazy no check. Uh, the check swing that went your way <laughs> over with the Giants, that was hysterical. You were also right about Kenley Jansen being due for a blow-up. So unless you're playing the Dodgers, I'm obviously rooting for them. And I'm also just kidding. The Giants are a, a pretty look- likable team. And we'll see how things pan out over the rest of the season. It's going to be fun. It's
0: going to be fun. Great talking to you.
1: And zip, zap, de, do doo, da, bango, everybody. That about does it for my discussion with Mr. Ben Caspic of Lockdown Giants. Be sure to go check out his podcast. He does a kick-ass job, guys. He's he's just the best. He's just the best. And I hope you enjoyed it. I really do. But also, guys, I want you to check out not just his podcast, but also another one. Betting on the Padres, or even the Giants, whatever your way. Hey, I'm not discriminating. Whatever, wherever you come from, whatever your team is, I'm not discriminating. It doesn't have to be a guessing game, though betting on your favorite team, guys. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Those guys know what they're doing, man. Let me tell you. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. In terms of the future of this here, Padres podcast, though, um, I don't really have much planned right now. I'm trying to get some more people on the show. I'm actually going to be having an article coming out, seeing it actually didn't come out by the time uh, this episode releases, uh, because hey, it's been a oddly hectic week, it's like a trade deadline hangover week, I don't know how to explain it, uh, it's been odd, but I've got more pieces at Just Baseball coming out uh, very, very soon, and I'm going hyperdrive mode over there, I'm going I'm going off, I'm going off baby, so got a lot of stuff there, and I got some movie pieces that I'll be uh, hopefully posting around every now and then soon, so that should be something to look forward to uh, for sure, and then gonna be recapping uh, whatever happens in tonight's game. Or no, there is no game tonight. Wow, this is weird. Another day off for the Padres. Uh, Yeah. All right, folks, well, I'm going to get creative. Let's just say that. I'm probably going to talk about Mark Melanson uh, on Friday's show for sure, and maybe even talk to Miller Thomas of Locked On Dimebacks, a really underrated host, in my opinion, here at Locked On. But with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever or if you can if you don't mind guys if you don't mind send me some five star views on the Apple podcast app and if you do so send a question in the review kind of column section and I guarantee you I will answer it here on the show because I like bribing people for reviews follow the show or myself on Twitter and until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my Friar Faithful homies take care